You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 172, side B, This is the Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today and the things you loved yesterday. My and name this is show is bananas. My name is Saint James, patron saint of excellent movie choices. Flies, and I am joined by Saint. Does Brother. Satan have saints? Because if Satan has saints, then maybe. But anyway, sorry. Continue. Patron of flatulence and Saint Roberto. The patron saint of Gwen Stefani. God, I fucking hate that song. That is literally my least favorite song that has ever been written. This is a side B. Something about it. (laughs) Wow. I get that. I I get that. That's a lot of hate, though, because there's a lot of bad songs. I can tell. And this one is the king of them all. Even more so than Baby Shark? That's like. A different category, I think. Well, yeah. no, Baby Shark is terrible, and it's so, even worse because it gets caught in your head even more so than Bananas. It's terrible, but it wasn't designed to be a good song. It, it was designed to be in the heads of children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and get the parents to buy Korea's way of getting back at us for like all the war stuff that happened in the fifties. Have Have you ever found yourself like just taking three syllables and turning it into the Baby Shark song? Oh yeah, all the time. Greg's a dick do 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 do. Greg's a dick do 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 do. Greg's a dick do 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 do. Greg's a dick. I haven't. I have not. You will now. You will now. This is a side B A N A N A S episode. And we are going to talk about the 1998 train wreck of a film. Jesus Christ. That oh. sounds so much cooler than it actually is. Six String Samurai, continuing our unintentional samurai month. And of course, we will answer our Give Me Five question of the week, loosely based off of this film. What are your top five musical performances or performers performing in a film? Nice. Uh, Spoiler warning. If you've ever heard of this movie, yet you have not seen this movie, and you're like, man, that's on my list. Uh, And I don't want it to be spoiled. Remove it from your list. Well, good news. It probably won't be spoiled because I don't really know what happened. Because I don't know that anybody does, but I was trying to think of this. You know what song makes me super angry when I what hear it? Goodbye, Stranger by Super Tramp. In okay, my opinion, this is one of the worst songs ever recorded. Wow, like commercial, like 
the backing of a major record label. Like they got paid for that. They sold out. Venues. What, is it, what is it called? I'm gonna have to look that one up. I probably know it. Goodbye but... Stranger. By gotcha. Super Tramp. It's awful. That sounds like a really good we'll just do this early. You guys have some strong opinions. Dude. Lion King live action movie. You shut your yeah, goddamn there mouth. You go. There we go. Aladdin live action movie. Stop it, Greg. Rob is t- he's so mad he's ripping his shirt off. You're gonna make him hurt himself even more. <laughs> no, I, uh, guys, we have a Patreon. It, we usually do this a little later, but we have a Patreon. In our Patreon, we have a chat room where you get to talk about a bunch of stuff. But also, as part of our Patreon, we have uh, surpassed the amount of money that we want to gain to get an extra patron-only episode once a month. And in this patron-only episode. We get a chance to answer patron questions as well as other questions that just don't fit into our episode. Yeah. And I'm thinking next time we do this, songs that make us ridiculously angry. Oh, God. Well, we now we we won't be able to play them. No, but we can, chat, we can chat about them. Issues, yeah. But uh, I have rules about music. There are certain things that will make me un, like ex- extraordinarily angry in songs. But if a song can break those rules and still be good. Then I put them like an upper echelon level. Like yeah, I hate when right. songs tell, I hate when songs tell me what to do. Here, like, here's my question though: if if it is a patron only episode and it is only the patrons who have access to it, wouldn't it be a little bit? Wouldn't there be a little bit more leeway with with what we actually put? in Well, the not episode? since we're talking about it now live on the air. Oh my god! I just screwed it up. No, we. I. It's, it really depends because it depends on how many patrons and if it ever gets out. It might actually even be worse, for all I know. There are, there are. We'll look into the legalities. Yeah, legalities in place. If it's if it's a formed in, if it's formed like a review, then you can. But then there's certain how many people are listening, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, because um, in theory, that way people could be like, "Yeah, I'm donating five dollars to this person, and they're going to record an episode that has all of the songs that I want." Why are you not just selling that person the album, and then the artist's not getting money? But this has absolutely. This actually is the reason why the apocalypse happened in the Six Strange Samurai. I think. I think. Believe people were pirating music. It was fucking Super Tramp. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Who are not tramps, nor are they super. Christopher McCandless went by Alexander Super Tramp, and I'm like, why? <laughs> the band. So, okay, <laughs> let's get back on track. Let's, let's do this. Uh, Six string this, samurai. This conversation is better than six string samurai. Yep. Bro, six string Probably. samurai. It sucked. Good morning. How did you find this movie, Rob? Or Jimmy, rather? There was a. Uh, yeah, don't put this one on me. <laughs> somebody <laughs> on YouTube has uh, unfortunately been been removed. Um, probably, you know, copyright reasons, but somebody cut this video. Or, sorry, somebody cut. Chop this movie up and put it to a song called Feisty Cadavers by John Five. John Five is the guitar player currently for Rob Zombie. He has got a pretty substantial solo career. He for- His solo stuff is awesome. He does. He's, uh, he's, he is a virtuoso. He will do incredible metal guitars and then mix in some Spanish inspired uh 
acoustic, what is it, 12 string type guitar. Right. It's so good. And he's also got a metal edge. Uh, you know, he, mm-hmm. he played for with Marilyn Manson for many years. It was a very famous onstage incident where Marilyn Manson kicks him and he's just had enough. Because mm-hmm. he's not one of those party types. He likes metal. Right. He and is, he is, he's, he's a classically trained metal musician. So he's. He is a very serious musician, very serious about his craft. Um, but the song Feisty Cadavers, yeah, it's it's great. Um, and somebody cut up this this movie to it called Six String Samurai, and it just looked badass. There's this dude, he's got these thick black rimmed you know, glasses. He's he's carrying a guitar for some reason. He's wearing this loosely fitting sh- suit. He's fighting these dudes who look like they look like a combination of Slash and uh, Rob Zombie. And um, all kinds of crazy things happen. And this is really, really cool. So, you know, I find this movie sometime later. And it's uh, Six String Samurai. So it was released on September 18th of 1998. So, you know, a little further from, uh, uh, you know, the 80s and or early 90s, like normal, uh, like we normally do. Uh, Though it looks ancient. Um, yes. It's directed by Lance Mungia. And starring Jeffrey Falcon as Buddy. Justin McGuire as the target of my rage. And Stefan Gower as Death. Uh, Justin McGuire plays the kid in this movie. <laughs> <In> 19- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you want to Jimmy. talk about visceral reactions uh, to things oh man Let, let's just talk about this now before, since we whined it and cried it the kid first of all I don't know if any of the people making the movie actually heard a real child cry but whenever something happens to this kid who's been growing up in the apocalypse right exactly he One lets out this cry that sounds something like Rob. Ah! There you go. Like a baby goat being dropped into a paper shredder. Yeah, and they put... And it's loud. They put and this it's, reverb and, on it. And it's not like the kid can't friggin' talk. Right. Because he talked so, later in the movie. So let's, let's uh, talk about the synopsis of the film, which is going to sound a lot cooler. It's like high concept alternate reality stuff. In 1957, World War III has ended in the United States. Lost. Decades later, Buddy, Buddy Holly, thinking that he's a dangerous, yeah, uh, he's Buddy Holly, <laughs> versus the... <laughs> Please allow myself to introduce myself. myself. <laughs> he traverses the radioactive landscape with a guitar and a sword, dodging mutants, cannibals, and the occupying Soviet army, who is no better off than anybody else. He heads for Las Vegas, picking up an orphan sidekick along the way. In the ruined city, Buddy competes with other rockers for the title The King. The now vacant throne, now that Elvis Presley has died. In, yeah. Yeah, so I'm still curious as to where he actually competed with other rockers. 
because there was very little of that. There was no battle of the band situation, but he he was running into some themed gangs that were (laughs) various musicians, which I'm assuming is what they're talking about here, but not well. He didn't kill any of them. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. The 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 pin pals weren't they killed by death? The red Elvises they were killed by death. Well, he kills the one guy with the the that he says uh, get a real guitar. He kills that guy. He just has to defeat them. He doesn't have to kill them. He kills the entire red army. But yeah, but they're not they're not an opposing band or an opposing rocker. But the the one guy with the fake guitar is. So, people. Yeah, that's the one guy. People do die in this film. He's he's not a Batman type vigilante where he has problems with killing people. Uh, however, this movie would have been so much cooler had it been like a a traveling samurai kind of thing. This movie would have been so much cooler if it was thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie would have been so much so much cooler if it was just that description you read. If I had the patience for it. Um, this movie could, could benefit some from being chopped down to about 30 minutes and having the, the audio track completely redubbed and the, uh, the music, uh, replaced. Yeah. I didn't realize the guy's voice was the guy's voice until the second, like he talks a little bit and his voice doesn't sound right like the main samurai and it like sounds disembodied from him. And then the second section that he's in, I'm like, Oh, that's that nerdy voice is the samurai. Well, I think the problem with that, and I've been talking, go ahead, Rob. I'm about to say something. I was just going to say that this movie was so bad. It made me forget something that I was like, Oh, I'm going to start doing that. Every time I say something, I'm going to be like, Oh, do a little snap. He's he's supposed to be this cool, like, hey man, you know this buddy Rockabilly. He's Rocky Billy, yeah. Where he's like, I think the problem that that comes with the re-recording of the audio with with that character specifically, that when he delivers his lines the first time, when it's not being replaced or or might. He's saying things in a very matter-of-fact kind of way where he's like, hey, I'm going to get you. And you can see that emotion on somebody's face. Mm-hmm. But then when he goes back and dubs it, it's almost like he's doing voice acting work for himself. Where he's just trying to make it sound cooler. And it just does not match up at all. Where his fa- his face says, hey, I'm going to get you. But the audio that comes out is like, hey, I'm going to get you. It yes, doesn't work. Uh, what also just completely does not work in this movie for me is the featuring of the Red Elvises. Because they had a very small part, did they not? The music was they scored the film. Were weren't were they the band at the beginning? They were they, okay in the like burnout building. Right. Gas station kind right. of thing. Right. So the Red Elvises, they're a rockabilly band from Russia. Uh, they're still around, though I believe there is only one original member left in the band. Um, this very much, was, for me, was a the director really liked this band 
And it was like, I want everybody else to listen to them. So yeah. he put this band in that just didn't match. They didn't, you know, the the action sequences didn't have that punch of, of the music. And there there's, you know, it's like they say when you're studying, you shouldn't listen to music with words. Because your your mind is going to go there. You're going to listen to the words. It's going to detract from your studying. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that really takes away from the action sequences and everything. Which, Jeffrey Falcon, pretty badass. You just don't see enough of it. Yeah. Dude can fucking move. He He did a great job in his action roles. I was very impressed. Um, yeah. or in in his in his action scenes, I was very impressed, and he had the right look. He had the look for the character that you expected for this six string samurai thing. It just they didn't they didn't pull it off. They didn't it, just a fucking train wreck from beginning to end. So when we started watching this, I didn't do any research on it. I just was like, Jimmy picked this movie. I have no idea why I picked this movie. I don't know who's in it. I know nothing about it started playing it which it is free on youtube which is good because if i paid money for this you would see me behind jimmy with some like piano wire choking the life out of him um at first when he came on the screen i was like is that guy pierce and i thought (laughs) i thought this was going to be one of those like australian movies they shot in the outback as like an apocalyptic movie because you know after mad max every australian wanted to shoot their own outback uh apocalyptic movie Yeah, and it was like, maybe it's going to be Guy Pierce in his first role that we don't want to see, and maybe Jimmy found this by accident when we were doing a previous top five, and then I looked, and I was like, no, it's filmed in America. This guy's a stuntman. He wrote the movie himself and filmed it. Like, what? How did... I never heard of this, and then I actually was talking to someone the other day about it, and they're like, oh, I've seen that. You have? Yeah. (laughs) Why? (laughs) And it was someone that I wouldn't expect to have said that either. But I was like, okay. Uh, when I first started watching this, the first fight sequence happened. And I'm like, this of all of the movies we've seen, the fight sequence didn't suck. And I was like, okay, this might actually be good. Yeah. And then it wasn't. They, um, it was not. They didn't suck for a short amount of time. Yeah. And then it was just... Okay, this this dude's good, but I've seen this already. Ah. And then, <laughs> of course, that was actually the sound Rob made when seeing the movie was still had an hour and a half left after that. Oh my god, you are not kidding! Because I was watching it with a friend of mine, and we got like <laughs> we got like part way into the movie. I don't even remember what part it was at, but I reached down, I grabbed the remote just to check how much time was left. I swear to God, there was like a half hour left, and we both went, are you effing serious? Yeah. (laughs) I gotta suffer through another half hour of this That's actually when I stopped it and decided to watch the next bit of it later. (laughs) I was like, what is this bullshit? I kept wandering off. I started making bread. I did some laundry. (laughs) No joke. I started... I I learned how to do pottery. I started sweeping... I I pulled out the vacuum cleaner and I was like, God, there how much time is left in this? There was an hour left. Yeah. Like, oh my God. 
This was the longest hour and a half movie I think I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I could have sworn that this movie was like six hours. Uh, I, I, I should have known we were going to be in trouble with the opening credits, the opening production houses where that this palm tree comes in and it looks like the type of palm tree someone would draw when they're like, you know, walk when they see Photoshop or a paint program in like the Apple store and just like paint a little bit with green and then a little bit of like brown. And I'm like, if this is the logo for the company, we're going to be in trouble. Well, to their credit, Palm has put out some cool. Was that still their logo? <laughs> not when I saw it. <laughs> there you go. No, not not when I saw what I saw. Um, but the fact that this movie is free on YouTube, um, that's that's put up by the production company, um, should tell you something. I mean, I I cannot. <laughs> Every other note that I have is about the kid. Oh my god. It's it's a it's a I want to hear about the, the your notes and then Rob's uh, statement about the kid and being a weakness oh <laughs> which he mentioned god. on the phone with me earlier which is great. It, so Jimmy go ahead. What 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 do you have to say about the kid? So very early in the movie you see the kid and his what I presume his mother being pursued by desert cavemen and the mom dies right so this happens in about the span of like the mom's like oh thank god now i don't have to hear the kid cry yeah. anymore it happens, <laughs> happens in about five seconds no no backstory no establishing of an emotional connection or anything it's just this kid that appears to be not mute, but ha- but have a very it will just to be limited to going ah. feral, I guess, but with a weird knowledge of cars. So <laughs> he's got this stink face the whole time, and uh, <laughs> I just, it just. He's just going, he's just yelling the whole time. And he's not even, like, angry yelling. Just every time he goes to get Buddy's attention, he just goes, and I And I think actually later on, at, towards the end of the movie, he's having a conversation with somebody about the socioeconomic plights and the, um, the, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Well, it, it turns out that this kid can talk. Yeah, but he's just going, Ooh. Ah! and they—he just yells. He's yelling for seventy percent of the movie, and he's just annoying. And I, I can't, I can't. Every time I paused it and I walked away, I'm just like, dude, I cannot do this. I can't finish this movie, but because I picked it, I had to. <laughs> No, Jackson uh, was like, "I don't want to finish this movie," and I'm like, "I didn't want to finish it either, but I did." You bitch, suck it up. Yeah, no <laughs> amount of you know cool action could could make up for this. Every time he left the kid 
somewhere because you know he was very much trying to to you know relieve himself of that responsibility um the kid always finds his way back and every time he he leaves him on the side of the road or something i'm like yes now we can actually begin the movie but it's just hampered it's it's like a video game where you have to take care of some npc all they do is fucking wander off and get killed and then you have to start over or they they it's like one of those escort quests yeah just like <laughs> they don't do shit they just like lead you into trouble or they fuck off or they get stuck and you can't progress to the next part of the level because they're fucking walking into a corner. They're walking into like a post. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just... Uh, so... Go ahead. So in, in reference to the kid, at at a point later in the movie, I don't even remember what point it was, but it was towards the end of the movie. The, the bad guys who are chasing our six-string samurai catch up with him at a bar and they're like, oh, it's okay. We've got him. I know his weakness. His weakness is the kid. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, it isn't. I'm like, wait a minute. Because at this point in the movie, he still doesn't like the kid. And I'm like, okay, so far, he left the kid to fend for himself in a field. (laughs) He threatened to cut up his teddy bear, threatened to send him with the spinach monster, left him to die after the slowest car chase ever, threw him in a hot trunk in the desert, gave him to cannibals, gave him to a midget convict, and somehow the boy is his fucking weakness? Are you serious? <laughs> what just happened? I don't understand. At every point, he has tried to kill this kid. What's a spinach monster? <laughs> I don't even know. It's just, uh, <laughs> don't ever... he, he tells the kid to shape up, basically, and he threatens him with one of those stories that your your parents told you right like oh if you don't go to bed now you know the i summoned a spinach monster the the death fairy is gonna come and eat your brains you know or something like that and he, he know, took the kid away and made him eat spinach all day yeah like, and now the kid's like, he's like i don't want to eat spinach and, <laughs> And what was with all the friggin' candy? I don't know. It it appeared to be the last kind of real food, not food, that they had. They were using it as ammunition in their catapult. Yeah, it was like it was... (laughs) There was uh, no food left. Water was very hard to come by, but they had plenty of candy. And did you did you catch that scene where he grabs one of those jawbreakers and eats it like a damn apple? Yep. <laughs> I was like, wait, did did he just bite into that jawbreaker like an apple? Yeah. Uh, not only did did that kid suck, but the, all the other kids in the movie sucked, and it was just a <clears throat> it was just a train wreck. I, I do like when movies have themed gangs or TV shows, like the Gotham TV show had really good themed gangs. <laughs> good. The, um, the pin you know, pals. The pin yeah. pals. Yeah. So the pin pals also uh, from the Simpsons, but I don't think they existed yet. Oh. I mean, Simpsons did, but that portion didn't, but there was the, 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 the bowling, the pin pals, which uh, they have bowl, uh, bowling pins that open up into knives, which I thought was kind of mm-hmm. cool. It the, was. The, 
Red Elvises, which were presented as like a, a gang for a little while. The I guess the, you said the Russian army, which were not didn't look much like the Russian army. They looked a little more Nicaraguan or <laughs> like yeah. Um, but there's a, a little bit of that. There was oh, there's a gang that looked like astronauts. Yeah, what was that shit? The windmill people. Yeah, yeah. this is when, warriors. And did you people. notice that when he was cutting them with his sword, it made like gaseous release sounds, like like they were in space and the air was like leaking out into space. The yep. Every time he cut their suit, I was like, "Are they? Are they like self? What is this? Are they, so they were like cavemen that weren't really uh, they weren't really a gang so much as they were actual cavemen." Inbred cannibals, like yeah, the hills have eyes. Cannibals, yeah, they knew how to work spacesuits. Um, this is this is pretty. I get the alternate reality and the alternate timeline kind of thing, though. This movie is supposed to take place shortly after 1957. Uh, it's filmed probably in the California desert. Um, the construction of the three largest windmill farms in California didn't begin until the 1980s. So they wouldn't have been built. Right. Yeah. I've driven, I've driven by those that's in uh, the Palm Springs desert. mm -hmm. Um, Death Valley area. The windmill farm in Las Vegas wasn't, uh, the windmills actually didn't start arriving um, there until 2011. So, like, I get it. I get taking liberties with that, but it just kind of further it makes the movie make even less sense. Um, it's like some oversight, you know. Like, I mean, you could you you did all that work to make all the cars old and all the references to the the music and the guitar and you made all these points about, Oh, you saying that a 1957 blah, blah, blah can beat up in a flat quarter mile and this and that, but you leave these windmills in there that the construction on those didn't begin until the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And even, and even make it part of the part of like one of the side plots with the windmill people. Right. Which was totally unnecessary. And Hey, I get this cool idea for this alternate reality kind of story, and it's three pages long. But we need to make it ninety pages long, or four thousand pages long, as I feel right. like it was. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, uh, I just I don't remember writing this, but I wrote "Road to Snorrier" instead of "Road Warrior." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I like it. Yeah, the you mentioned the, they gave the kid to a uh, a midget, Rob, mm-hmm. and that midget to me looked like Mike Muir from the from the uh, suicidal tendencies with his bandana. It's like, Same and I didn't, I, I, and I, a little person, but, but I saw the top half of him first before I realized he was a little person. I was like, oh, it's Mike Muir. What's he doing in this? And then I realized that he was a little person. Yeah, like, Mike, oh, never mind. Mike Muir's suicidal tendencies at some point no longer has the hair that he used to, but he, he wears that bandana that's tied around his head, a la Brett Michaels, but a different color. 
um, mm-hmm. pulled down so you really can't see his eyes. Um, yeah, he does look like a little Mike Muir. Far less cool. And there was one scene that made me so remarkably uncomfortable. And I don't know what it meant, why this person who wrote the movie would put it in there, and why I was forced to see it. But the part with the gum on the glasses grossed me out. Oh, yeah. Where the girl, well, it was a guy, right? Someone hits on the lead dude by taking gum. No, it was a, it was a female. It was a female. One was dressed as a, she was dressed as a cheerleader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it's takes gum weird. out of her mouth and sticks it to his glasses, like, you know, stretches it out and sticks it to his glasses. And, and then Lady in the Tramps it. Yeah, and then, like, sucks it back in. I was like, Super Ugh. Tramp? Yes, Lady in the Super Tramp. So that was uh, awful. There was one good part in the entire movie, I thought. <laughs> the end? When it was over? Was there any part that made you laugh at all? When he says, I hate kids. <laughs> that, that's when also good, but there was a, there was a, one part that actually caught me off guard and made me laugh, like, laugh out he loud. He kept saying, tag your it. <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah, what was with that kid? I don't know. He was. And how is he still alive with that arrow in his back? I don't know. Yeah. Now, arrows did nothing to people in this movie. He had to be hit by 400 of them. What part made you laugh? I... When the one person stands up and goes, Do you know who I am? And the person goes, No, and smashes a bottle over his head like that. That was the one part that cracked me up. Yeah. I don't even remember that. It was about three quarters of the way through. I was I actively was trying to sleep through it. When I wasn't up making sourdough. We have not talked about the Slash Gang, who looked cool, and the skull thing was cool. Oh, they had the most annoying voices. Oh. If- yeah, he got away. Yeah, he got away. Oh my god. Let's go tell the bar. They were cool until they started talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So are they supposed to be like the four horsemen of the apocalypse? I don't shit. Because like when the one dies, they're like, "Oh, he killed death." I'm pretty sure if you look at the opening credits, I think they were. Man, I paid more attention to this movie than both of you to mine. Yeah, (laughs) my new favorite movie. Angry watching this. No, they were. uh, I'm pretty sure they were supposed to be the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I think they were supposed to signify heavy metal too. I guess. Oh, they absolutely were. Yeah, because they said at the end. Yeah, he says it during their battle. And I'm like, oh my god! All right, so this is heavy metal versus rock and roll, okay? And and then they just and thirty minutes into the movie, Wizard of Ozdom at the end. I was like, did did he just did he just Wizard of Oz that bitch? All right, I'm melting! I'm melting! The kid spit on him without realizing it. I wrote this kid is annoying four times in my notes. (laughs) I didn't. It's just free form notes. I was just typing. The kid spit on him, and Death was like, is that blood? And then he just takes out his canteen and squirts him with the canteen, and Death just kind of vaporizes. I'm like, what? What? Whatever. Does that mean the movie's over? Yeah. (laughs) I believe the last line in the movie, or one of the last lines in the movie is, you killed Death. If you ever need a band, call us. That's the other, well, they said it in the weird voices, but... Mm -hmm. That's what the rest of the band does, and they show this gleaming city of Vegas off in the distance. It's a very clearly a matte painting. <sighs> yep, yep. They uh, this was, I guess, um, you probably wrote this down too. Supposed to be part of a trilogy. 
that never happened. Thank God. And if we hear that it's going to happen, the three of us need to put an end to it right now, like right then. We need to have a, a pact where we will take out the people involved. I'm not agreeing to kill anybody on on air. <laughs> Jesus, Craig. Some things you just have to do. You heard it there, ladies and gentlemen. That was nice. I didn't say kill. You said kill. Yeah. I said take. I said make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. No. It, go, it go back in time and pretend and prevent the people from being born. I don't care. Just yeah, make sure. The if if I could sum this movie up in one word, uh, it's flat. Mm-hmm. Just flat. Just no established relationships. You don't give a crap about buddy's relationship with the kid the kid's just annoying as hell and i i don't feel anything for him i i flatter than your school girlfriend yep i I think you know it, it just occurred to me it's what this movie reminds me of is like they took a bunch of footage that had and that they just told people to add voiceover add music and try to make a story out of it because yeah like the, none of the people react based on what's going on of the people, the music, like you said, doesn't really fit. I really hate rockabilly anyway. So I, I wrote that down as well. I hate rockabilly and it may be mad. At the, it may be mad at the band, the stray cats, even though that wasn't the stray cats. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like rockabilly. I, I didn't even notice the music. You guys are talking about the music and I'm like, there was music. In it was this? like surf rock slash rockability. It was not good. Um, there was like that. The, you know, the, it looked like a music video. The opening sequence, for some reason, was in, like, a weird fisheye, like, LSD vision thing. And I was like, if, I, if the whole movie is like this, I'm not going to be able to watch it because it's going to annoy me. But then it goes away. And, like, they, even the, they, I read somewhere, they're like, oh, they made the whole movie in that vision because it was a commentary on pan and scan versus movie size. You know, like, when they used to do the VHS tapes with the letterboxed versus pan and scan. Like, no, it was just a weird decision. Good job with your socially conscious bullshit. It was somebody being artsy for the sake of being artsy. Or it was a good way to save money by just running a filter over everything and not having to worry about any other part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you could take a movie called Six String Samurai that has nothing to do with literally anything that you see there and just tell someone in like Japan make a movie called six string samurai and it would be better. Like just seeing the title was better than the entire movie. Yeah. It is a cool name for a movie. It sure was. And now and it was not a cool movie. Yeah. And if you, I mean, look at the quality of this movie and look at everything else that came out in 1998. This is super low budget. Yeah. But I mean, you could look at this movie and look at everything that came out in 1978, and it looked like that. Oh, we could not talk about this fucking movie anymore. Ever again. So, <laughs> Revival Remaker, rest in peace. Remake. Remake it. Sure. Remake Just take the title and then... Every, that nothing else. Remake it with the title and nothing else. Remake Absolutely, with competent actors and a child that doesn't scream the whole time, and a bunch of fucking filler in between. 
I, I think that is more of the fault of the director, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, change the name of this film so somebody else can make a film called Six String Samurai. Yeah, right? But someone came up with a cool name for a movie and then ruined it. And then fucked it. Pretty much. Is that all? Do we have anything more to say about this film? Don't see it. Don't watch it. It's not worth it. It's torture. I mean, if if you're into that kind of like masochism, go for it. But other than that, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't self-flagellate myself with this any more than what you had to. Yeah, if you want yeah. some ideas for self-flagellation, then uh, watch Saint Maud. You'll pick up a new couple of new techniques for that, mm-hmm. as I talked about on one seventy-two side A. Actually, a good movie. Nice. What else happened uh, in 1998? Did you find Did you find any history? I did, and I chose to um, focus on, you know, cool things. Not, uh, not like, well, you do. Or you tend to focus on massacres and and death and things of that nature. I like that. He's looking for it. Can't find it. You put it on the side A notes. Oh. So other things that happened in 1998, the year that this movie came out, the film Titanic became the first shitty film to gross $1 billion. (laughs) It's awful. Well, but that's also also a... um... A product of rising ticket costs. I mean, even yeah. even with Titanic crossing the one billion dollar threshold, this, the highest grossing movie of all time, adjusted for inflation, is still Gone with the Wind. Yeah, um, tickets for Titanic were actually one hundred and twenty dollars, <laughs> uh, and just just a handful of people saw it. Uh, in nineteen ninety eight, the final episode of Seinfeld aired. Ooh, doesn't seem that long ago, does it? I guess it was. Windows 98 is released. Good thing to happen in 1998. Still the most stable Windows operating system. The first Google Doodle celebrates Burning Man. Hmm. Is this the lawyer who got his pants caught on fire? Yes. And evidence supporting ice is discovered on the moon by the Lunar Prospector spacecraft. Interesting. Interesting. Nice. Some interesting... Why do I picture the Lunar Prospector as some guy in a spacesuit with one of those folded back hats carrying a pickaxe going, hey! <laughs> Stinky Pete. <laughs> Farting in a spacesuit. Oh, Stinky Pete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also in, in 1988, whew, in music, man, how far we've come, I guess. Uh, lighting oh up the charts in 1988, the number one song on the Billboard 98. Hot, 98. 1998 was Too Close by Nets. I don't even know that song. I don't either. The Boy Is Bind. By Brandy and Monica came in next. Let's see. What else do we have on there? Getting Jiggy With It 
at number 14. Na, 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 na. How It's Going to Be by Third Eye Blind. That sounds good. Also by Third Eye Blind was Semi-Charmed Life. I don't really know any of these songs. You know Semi-Charmed Life. Do, 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 do. That song? The, the song about doing crystal meth. Pretty awful stuff on there. Yeah, not a whole lot to, uh, not a whole lot to get excited about, I guess. Uh, so all in all, it was just a big old shit fest. 98 including Breeze, this movie. Spice Girls, uh, Hanson. Oh my God. In sync. And uh, number 35 on the year end list for the Billboard Top 100 is Tub Thumping by Chumbawamba. That one I know. Yeah, everybody does. Do you have anything else before we get to our question of the week, Greg? I don't believe I do. This movie did lead me down a rabbit hole. It's going to lead to a movie I'm going to make you guys watch in two weeks. But our patrons will know about that first. So that's all I got. Looking forward to it. I guess. Don't be. Great. I'm not. <laughs> now, guys, uh, inspired by the uninspiring performance of the Red Elvises in this film, I thought about some of the maybe more memorable performances uh, from bands in movies that I've seen. So I'll go ahead and uh, set the stage for us here. My number five is going to be Ministry, performing in the film AI. Yes, Ministry was in a Steven Spielberg film. Did not know that. Yes, very cool. My number four is Rammstein, playing their hit Fear of Fry from the film Triple X, the opening sequence of that. Number three is one. Now, were they actually on screen performing that, or was it just they were on screen performing it? It was like okay. there was a action sequence happening, and they were playing live, like shooting fire and stuff. Okay, as it was, it would like cut from sequence to them, and it was playing that song. Uh, number three is Mr. Timmy Capello from the film The Lost Boys. A very brief but very, very memorable performance. My number two are the Ramones from the film Rock and Roll High School. And my number one is it set off a uh, lifelong love for the genre of death metal. That is Cannibal Corpse from the film Ace Ventura. Really? Yep. Yeah. I was like, what? I knew that was going to be your number one. Absolutely do it. <laughs> well, I'm surprised that there's one that didn't make it on your list. Yeah, I'm surprised too. It's probably going to be on my list. Okay. Are, are we not worthy of his list? I Apparently not, because <laughs> I definitely would have thought that that would have been on there. Yeah. <clears throat> so there, there's actually quite a few that I that I bumped just because I don't really remember so much. And I'm like, looking at this thinking Jimmy is so confused and he doesn't know what we're talking about. Mm-mm. Well, I I have an idea now. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll, 
yeah, these were the it ones is. that that came to immediate. Yeah. So I always write down a bunch of them and then kind of sort them out as we go here. And of course, the ones that get bumped out become more of a honorable mention kind of thing. But um, my number five is going to be in the opening sequence of the movie Singles, Alice in Chains plays in a bar. And that was really, you know, Singles was actually released right, like right before grunge took off. So a lot of the stuff in that movie is... They released the movie after Grunge took off, but it was filmed before. So it was really the first like big thing that you saw Alice in Chains in. Uh, number four, uh, Huey Lewis in the News in Back to the Future. I'm not sure if they actually play as Huey Lewis in the News, but it was Huey Lewis in the News. Yeah, were they on screen, though? I didn't think they were on screen. I thought they were just soundtrack. I believe they're the band at um, in Back to the Future 3. Oh, are they? I think so. The Western In the Western? I think so. I, I, they're in there somewhere. If not, okay. I can always swap them out. And if I'm wrong, then my number four is Eminem in 8 Mile. Okay. Number three, Prince in Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. Number two, the one we were talking about with, with Jimmy, Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. I yeah, I, Alice Cooper. I, yeah, but it was Wayne's World. Yeah. He didn't. He made an appearance. He didn't perform. He plays. Yeah, he did. Did he? He plays that when they do the yeah. sequence where they're holding up the. You're uh, my Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. blocked it out. Can't stand Alice Cooper. He was walk. They're walking around with the backstage passes. Like, hey, back dude. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, number one. I don't feel so bad now. You could have also done Aerosmith and Wayne's World too. I hate Aerosmith. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, all right. <laughs> and my number one is my life with the thrill kill cult in the crow uh they are playing on the stage when the big boardroom at, like attack happens with uh the crow going in and he takes out all those like random like thugs as the band is playing in the club below and that one one of the dudes finally gets thrown through the glass and everyone scatters but uh it's just a cool performance and a, it works really well with the movie so my life with the thrill kill cult has made it to a give me five list. Good job. Hell yeah. So did we have any uh any listener lists or anything? We sure do. Would you guys like to hear from Mr. Alec, our patron of unusual size? Very good I would very much like to hear hear from Alec, our patron of unusual size. Let's go, Alec. Hey, give me five podcast. Uh my top five list for the uh for the top five bands, real life bands and movies that perform music. Number five, Letters to Cleo and 10 Things I Hate About You that performed I Want You to Want Me, which I think is a pretty good ending to that movie. Uh, number four, kind of low on the list, I guess, but uh, Prince and uh, doing Purple Rain is pretty awesome, but I've seen, you know, better live performances, so I'm not going to put it higher. Number three, Alice in Chains and Singles. They perform uh-huh. two different songs. Love I that guy. Would. Uh, number two is uh, the five, six, seven, eights from the Kill Bill movie. Uh, the first one where they perform the music while the uh, crazy 88 fight scene is going on. And number one is kind of a funny choice, but I always like this scene in 48 hours. It's the bus boys performing the boys are back in town. It kind of goes great with uh, the theme of the movie. And I always think of that when I think of a band performing the movie for whatever reason, probably because I've seen that movie way too many times. There's my top five list. Hope you like it. Thank you. Bye. Love it. I love it. I love his. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he actually, for the, he 
uh, verbalized it better, but the reason why Prince wasn't a little bit higher up was because they have seen better perform Prince performances. So, Rob? I'm going to throw a couple in that haven't really been mentioned yet. Do it. So I, I actually like the uh, the diversity on our lists. Yeah, um, I do have one or two honorable mentions. I'll throw in Oingo Boingo and Back to School. Yep. Very nice. Uh, I'll even throw in the Backstreet Boys from the movie This is the End. Where every, yes. Everybody's in heaven, and the Backstreet Boys are, are doing their song Great. in heaven. Oh, yeah. But at, at number five... I'll probably put in it shames me that I'm putting this in, but I'll put in Wilson Phillips from the movie Bridesmaids. Okay. Well it, it, they did their song Hold On. Yeah. Um at number four, I'll do Twisted Sister from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Hilarious. Absolutely. At number three. Very underrated movie that I don't think gets enough attention, but Good Charlotte from Not Another Teen Movie. I like that movie. I do like that movie. It was a gr it was one of the last really good parody movies. At number two, I it it was it was such a good job all through this all through the movie. They the the actress in question did a great job in the movie as well as the singing parts. And that's going to be Lady Gaga in A Star is Born. All right. But my number one, a movie that I've loved since I was a kid, David Bowie in Labyrinth. He was, in fact, in Labyrinth. Yep. He did. And he did, in fact, sing some songs. He was. Yeah. Jareth, the Goblin King. Jareth, that Goblin King. Excellent. Great choices. Great diversity in our list tonight, gentlemen. I well, like that. I like it when we don't have all the same shit. Was, yeah. yeah there's, you know, I was really torn on Daft Punk and Tron Legacy. Yeah. I wanted that to be. Like, that was, like, probably sixth. Uh, Twisted Sister, you mentioned, but I had that one up there as one of my potentials. Mm -hmm. There's got, there's so many, because, like, there's so many cameos and stuff, like... Especially in some oh. 80s movies. Damn it, I forgot one that was going to be on the list. Was that? The the Dan Band from Old School. All right. Yeah. yeah. Probably there's got to be some in, in Bill and Ted that I'm, we're not thinking of. Yeah. But either way, excellent list. Uh, Rob, take us out. All right, guys. Well... If you've enjoyed what you listened to, what we put in your ear holes, then see us, let it help. <laughs> write us and let us know. We'd love to hear from our listeners. You can reach us at give me five podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the give me five podcast. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at give me five pod, or you can go directly to our website. Give me five podcast.com. And remember guys, it's always spelled out F I V E, not the number five. We crushed those looking, guys. They're gone. Hell yeah, we, we way outlasted those bitches. And if you're looking for any of that cool Give Me Five merchandise, you can get t-shirts, hoodies. I don't think we do underwear yet. But you can get t-shirts and hoodies and whatnot. We, we do have a couple of designs on there. You can go to givemefivepodcast.threadless.com or you can go right to our website, givemefivepodcast.com and you can find a direct link there. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you guys so much. Good morning, good afternoon, and... Hey. <coughs> 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 I can't forget this evening. Oh, your face as you were leaving. <laughs> <laughs>